Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Welcome in. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. If you went to bed late last night, you really missed out on some pretty outstanding basketball. And by late last night, I mean early last night, early start to the week here, because I stayed up late and watched every one of the NCAA tournament games. Gambling picks were on fire. I hope you listened to me and took every gambling pick I gave over the course of the NCAA tournament, because I finished an unbelievable 33-16-1. I added a couple of extra picks in there. It was... An amazing run that hopefully made you all a lot of money. Nearly 70% winners. About as good as you could possibly do. I hate to brag. And by the way, when I say I hate to brag, I love to brag. Few people love to brag on themselves more than me. Sterling performance. And it was capped off by the Duke-South Carolina game, which went on last night. Now, the moment the brackets came out, I got on Twitter and I said, "Uh uh-oh, this has the potential to be a road game for Duke in the second round if South Carolina can beat Marquette, and assuming Duke doesn't lose to Troy, this second round game is going to be in Greenville, South Carolina. South Carolina fans would be ecstatic. They would have already won their first NCAA tournament game since 1973. They would be seeking their first ever Sweet 16 They have also are in the same region as North Carolina, so everybody who was a North Carolina fan would be rooting for South Carolina. That arena would turn into a high school gym, basically, and everybody would be losing their minds rooting for South Carolina to pull off the upset over Duke. And a lot of people 
came at me when I tweeted that. And they said, oh, South Carolina doesn't have any basketball fans. You're crazy. There's no way. Duke will travel. I said, look, trust me. Trust me on this. South Carolina has a really loyal fan base. They don't win very much in football, and they've never won very much in basketball either. But there has always been a solid contingent of Gamecock fans who will show up and watch their team lose. I mean, Williams-Brice Stadium in football seats 85,000 people. And prior to Steve Spurrier, South Carolina had done almost nothing historically. One of my favorite stats is, in addition to how awful they've been in the NCAA tournament, South Carolina didn't win a bowl game until 1995. I mean, think about how crazy that is. The entire school in its history as a football program had never won a bowl game until 1995, and they hadn't won an NCAA tournament game since 1973. And they had never been to the Sweet 16 prior to last night. And so when people get an opportunity to jump on this bandwagon and have the opportunity to really embrace a team in basically a home game, I knew it was potentially going to be a hornet's nest for Duke. I really did. And in the second half, South Carolina put up one of the most impressive runs that has ever happened in the NCAA tournament. 65 points against Duke. I believe I'm correct in this. The most points that a Coach K coached team has ever allowed in a half in the history of his NCAA tournament career. That's extraordinary. And props to Frank Martin, the South Carolina coach who left Kansas State under a cloud of of discord and ended up there. And this guy, this is a great quote from a New York Times article on Frank Martin. Who do you want to root for? I'm reading directly from the New York Times article. This is about Frank Martin, the head coach at South Carolina. At the age of 12, he went to work at a Dairy Queen in Little Havana. He later was a change boy in a billiards hall, a dishwasher, a busboy, a waiter, a short order cook, and a bartender. And he was once close to accepting an overseas job as a bodyguard for a king. But being a bouncer finally persuaded Martin in 1992 to pursue coaching basketball full-time. He came to that realization after a group of men he had kicked out of a nightclub for fighting, returned about 2.30 a.m. with a gun, and fired several shots at him. At the time, Martin was attending Florida International University and coaching the junior varsity at Miami Senior High School. It was one of those moments that kind of made me think, about what I was doing for a living, he said. What an incredible story for Frank Martin to knock out Coach K and move on into the Sweet 16. So I want to talk about all of the fallout of the NCAA tournament. I will open up the phone lines for you here in a little bit, 877-996-6369. We almost lost Kentucky, and we almost lost UNC. The final possessions for Wichita State, not pretty. Two block shots by Kentucky. The final possessions for Arkansas, simply indefensible. Arkansas was up five with about three minutes to go in that game and did not score again and ended up losing by seven. UNC is the only ACC team that is still alive. The ACC in this NCAA tournament, I hope you didn't bet on the ACC teams because if you did, you've gone 2-12 and 12 against the number. The ACC has virtually died as a conference in the NCAA tournament so far. 
we now have set up one of the best Sweet 16 games that I can ever remember. Lonzo Ball and UCLA against Darren Fox and Kentucky in Memphis. That game, I'm telling you, is going to be must-see television. Jason Martin, have they put up the time yet for that game? I think it's Friday night. I'm guessing it's going to be the late-night game. Go ahead and block off that time on your calendar right now. It's as good of a game as we have seen in the NCAA tournament in a very, very long time. What time we got, Jason? 8.39. That's central time. So 9.30. It will be the late game on Friday, depending on when it starts. But they're saying around 8.40 central, so 9.45, somewhere in there, Eastern time. 9.45 Eastern. Going to be an incredible game to watch. And... Last night, I was up late watching that UCLA game against Cincinnati. And I got to tell you, I know LeVar Ball says lots of crazy things. And I know a lot of you out there have rolled your eyes over many of the comments he has made. Guys, I think he's right about LeVar. Sorry, Lonzo. I think Lonzo is going to be one of the best playmakers in the NBA the moment he starts playing next year. There is something about the way that he moves with the ball that even if you aren't a basketball fan, you can tell that he's in complete control of the game. I can't remember a true freshman point guard, maybe since Jason Kidd, and maybe I'm just remembering what Jason Kidd was like in retrospect. But when I watched Jason Kidd play at Cal back in the day, it seemed to me that he controlled the game in the same way that Lonzo Ball controlled that UCLA game last night. He had, it, it's like, it almost like reminds me of Zinedine Zidane. I, I hate to cross sports on you and get you all crossed over, but do you remember how, back in the day, if you're a soccer fan, Zidane was able to control the ball and play at his own pace in a way that no one else could. A lot of people can go fast, and I think Darren Fox is an incredible point guard, and I love to watch him and the dunk that he had late against Wichita State where he just turned the corner and left-hand jammed it when they were Kentucky was up one, I believe, was a play that hardly anybody can make in, in college or the NBA. So I love him as a player. But a lot of young point guards can go fast. John Wall's the fastest player I've ever seen with the basketball in modern times, a Kentucky point guard. He could go from one side of the court to the other with the ball in his hands faster than just about anybody I've ever seen. And speed is great. But real point guard play of a dominant nature happens when you can control the pace of the game. And there are other guys who have done an incredible job about that. Steve Nash. Steve Nash was not the fastest point guard. But when he had his back-to-back NBA MVP seasons, he had the ability to control the pace of the game and control how everybody else played around him. And that's where Lonzo Ball almost already is. I don't know what's going to happen in his matchup with Darren Fox. I think it's going to be cataclysmic in a good way, explosive, exhilarating, as good of a matchup as we've seen between two guys who should, I think, be top five picks overall. In an NCAA tournament game that really matters with two blue blood programs, UCLA against Kentucky, playing for the right to go to the Elite Eight and probably play against North Carolina in what would also be a blockbuster game. That South region, I told you the minute the brackets came out, I said the South region is stacked. Look at what Kentucky's going to have to get through. 
Wichita State, a team that was drastically underseeded as a 10. Top 15 caliber team, Wichita State. Greg Marshall, maybe the best coach, just straight up X's and O's in the entire NCAA tournament. I asked this question during the game. If you flip the teams and you gave Greg Marshall everybody on Kentucky and you gave John Calipari everybody on Wichita State and you just let them coach those two teams, is anybody out there doubt that Greg Marshall's Kentucky team wins that game by 15 or more points? X's and O's wise, I think that Greg Marshall puts Coach Cal in a casket. I don't think it's even remotely close. But we saw that Kentucky had to get through Wichita State. Now they're going to have to get through UCLA. Then they're probably going to have to get through UNC. And then I believe they'll probably play Kansas in the Final Four. And that would all be just to get to the title game. Would be one of the toughest routes to the title that we've ever seen. The ACC dies. The SEC puts three into the Sweet 16. The Big Ten puts three into the Sweet 16. The Pac-12 puts three into the Sweet 16. The ACC only has North Carolina left. And a lot of those games, the ACC didn't just lose. They got the crap kicked out of them. Miami torched. Louisville beaten pretty soundly. You start to run through that list, I don't know what in the world happened to a lot of these ACC teams. They didn't just get beat. They got run out of the gym. All right, we'll let you react to the NCAA tournament Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I want to get into some of these awful calls. The one overriding factor of college basketball, and I've been on this for a long time, is that the officiating is often just flat-out atrocious. And we saw a ton of really bad calls that impacted the overall outcome of a lot of games as well as the Sweet 16 as a whole. 877-996-6369. I am Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage. And I want to tell you all about my friends at TrueCar. This show brought to you by TrueCar. With TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. This, my friends, it's a confident show. And it should be. We're damn good. 877-996-6369. Today's guest going to be Doug Gottlieb, probably at the bottom of this hour. Uh, CBS, former analyst, and he's going to break down everything so you know for a roadmap for the show. And we're going to get Bobby Bones, very successful host of a show. He is in studio here just down the hall from where I do this show, both of us doing nationwide shows. Huge Arkansas basketball fan. We're going to talk about the collapse of the Arkansas Razorbacks down the stretch with him at some point during this show as well. Like I said, we're stacked and ready to roll. 877-996-6369. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, introducing new Duralast GT brake pads, proven tough from the tracks to the streets, because when you need to go fast, sometimes you need to stop even faster, get in the zone, auto zone, in the zone here. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage. Going to talk to Doug Gottlieb at the bottom of the hour, 877-996-6369. One angle, additionally, on this Duke-South Carolina outcome is that the reason why that game was played in Greenville, South Carolina, was because the NCAA moved to those games out of Greensboro over 
the transgender bathroom bill. Now, that bill has gotten a ton of attention, and it has cost the state of North Carolina the ACC title game in football, the NBA All-Star game, the NCAA tournament. All sorts of different sporting events have been moved out of that state. And I think the outcome of this game might well have been different if it were being played in the state of North Carolina. Because Duke really got set up here in a bad way. And I think this probably will get looked at a little bit. It doesn't make sense. Even if I understand it's 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 in vogue to hate Duke. And I understand that a lot of you are very happy that Duke lost. But it doesn't make sense for the number two overall seed to have to play in the home state of the lower-seeded team as the seventh seed. That's something that, to me, the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee goofed on. As excited as I was to see Frank Martin win, and as as awesome as it was to see South Carolina basketball fans, this long-suffering group of people, actually get into the Sweet 16, it doesn't set right with me that the higher-seeded team had to play an effective road game. Moreover, it doesn't set right with me that we've got so much virtue signaling going on that this whole transgender bathroom bill ended up impacting the outcome of the game in any way. Now, you can say, look, South Carolina outplayed Duke throughout that game. It wouldn't have mattered where it was played. I disagree a little bit because South Carolina in the first half appeared to be at times on the rope, on the ropes. I think they were down double digits in the first half. I think I'm correct in that. I watched a lot of that game, and I remember them being down double digits. In the second half, they couldn't miss. And I think that was the textbook example of when a team gets hot and then just feeds on the atmosphere of an arena, where the home crowd there really did impact the way that South Carolina played and didn't allow them to ever tighten up and think, oh my God, we're playing Duke. Are we really going to be able to keep winning this game? Are we really going to be able to avoid collapsing down the stretch? I think that home crowd lifted up South Carolina and carried them on to victory. And I'm not sure that that same situation would have existed at all if that game were being played in Greensboro, North Carolina. Now, it's fair you can say, oh, the Duke fans should have traveled. It wasn't very far. I agree with all of that. But again, you put them into a hornet's nest. As soon as that bracket came out, you could look at it and say, boy, South Carolina in Greenville, I'm not sure that's going to be a very good setting with Duke. You've already got UNC fans there. If you watch some of the fan reactions, the North Carolina Tar Heel fans were giddy at the prospect of Duke getting upset in that game. They were rooting as aggressively for South Carolina as South Carolina fans. Hate is real. It's one of the great things about rivalries. Not only do you want your team to win, you want your rival to lose. You want them to be humiliated. And Frank Martin despite that crazy outfit that he had on, he just fed right into that South Carolina vibe. And I look, this, this whole transgender bathroom rights thing is one of the most absurd things I've seen in a long time in the world of sports. If you've been paying attention to this story at all, 877-996-6369, the story of how this controversy has erupted and ended up including sports is perfect for our times, Right? Here's the background on how North Carolina sports fans are getting screwed here, okay? The city of Charlotte makes a decision that they need to be more inclusive than any other place in America. And so, despite the fact that since the 1970s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and beyond, 
We've never had anybody standing outside of public bathrooms checking genders to see which bathroom people are going into. The city of Charlotte decides that they have got a virtue signal and they've got to protect the right of transgender people to go to whichever public bathroom they want to go to. It's an issue that isn't in any way remotely at stake. It's an issue that in no way is being fought over. And the the, the liberal Charlotte, North Carolina council people decide, you know what? We got to protect transgender people's right to go to the bathroom. Now, again, there ain't Crocodile Dundee standing outside the public bathrooms in North Carolina doing genital checks, all right? Everybody can go to whatever bathroom they want to already. Do you know what standard we apply? It's a crazy one. Whatever sex you look like, you can use that bathroom. Only time we're going with cross people who are are, are different genders, probably kids, young kids. My wife sat with one of my boys, probably going to take him right in the girl's bathroom. Otherwise, whatever genitals you have, you're going right into the bathroom that you belong in. So North Carolina in Charlotte, they try to be more inclusive than they need to be. And so they try to pass a local ordinance that allows you to go to whichever bathroom you want. The state of North Carolina looks at what these liberal politicians are doing in Charlotte and says, wait a minute, we've now got to address this ordinance that the city of Charlotte has passed on the state level. And so they push back and pass this HB2 bill. As a result, the city of Charlotte is losing these major sporting events because it tried to be too inclusive. The irony on this is mind-boggling. You've got people on the far left and the far right fighting over something that should have never been an issue to begin with. So the city of Charlotte loses the NCAA tournament game, uh, loses the NCAA tournament games. The state of North Carolina does. The city of Charlotte loses the NBA title game. The city of Charlotte loses the ACC title game. All of this total mess, this mushroom cloud of absurdity comes out of a situation that's trying to be fought over between the far left and the far right in this country that should have never been an issue. And somehow Duke ends up in the crosshairs. Ends up in the crosshairs and loses this game, I think in a large measure, because the game is actually being played in Greenville, South Carolina, as opposed to Greensboro. Frank Martin gets the win. It is just absolutely absurd that sports has somehow gotten conflicted with all this transgender business. And by the way, nobody, again, anywhere, is really in serious jeopardy here over the transgender bathroom law. 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, didn't matter. Everything was fine. Let's go to BJ, and then I'm going to go find out what's trending. What's up, BJ? Hey, how you doing, Clay? Excellent. Hey, uh, as a Kansas State alum, I can still say this without hyperbole, that Frank Martin is my favorite NCAA men's basketball coach, hands down. Uh, to me, there's four things that make Frank Martin who he is. Number one, he's a good man. Number two, he's a good family man. Number three, he cares intensely for his players. And number four, he's just a hell of a great basketball coach. And I'm not going to turn this into a bash Bruce Weber deal, but I mean, Kansas State has reaped what it sowed, and now they're kind of uh, mired in mediocrity with Bruce Weber. And I'm just rooting like hell for Frank Martin for the rest of this tournament, and and I was anyway. But, um, you know, that's really all I wanted to say about him. His teams display a toughness that other teams just simply don't have a grit and determination. And I think it all comes back to those four things I said about Frank Martin. In any other order, 
uh, he's not the basketball coach that he is. But because he prioritizes those things in his life the way he does, that's why he gets the results he does. And that's all I wanted to say, rooting like hell for him. And uh, thanks, Clay. you got a great show. Bye-bye. I appreciate the call, BJ. Look, there are a lot of people out there rooting for Frank Martin. We're going to talk with Doug Gottlieb here at the bottom of the hour here momentarily. Stick with us. Uh, in the meantime, introducing new Duralast GT brake pads, proven tough from the tracks to the streets, because when you need to go fast, sometimes you need to stop even faster, get in the zone, auto zone, get to some of your calls in the final segment, but want to go to Doug Gottlieb now, so let's find out what's trending. Welcome back, Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier, and I keep hearing it. Y'all aren't all listening to me. I'm trying to tell you, don't get hit by trains every day. People getting hit by trains. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will about a mile after it hits you. Stop. Trains can't. Bring in Doug Gottlieb at Gottlieb Show. Doug, I got to tell you, I was up late last night watching Lonzo Ball, and I think LeVar Ball may well be crazy, but I also think that it's possible that Lonzo Ball is going to step into the NBA and immediately dominate next year. You played point guard. I can't believe how much in control this guy is as a true freshman. How good is he? I told you he's Jason Kidd. He's Jason Kidd. Uh, so this is this is it's fascinating. But he's already a better shooter than Jason Kidd ever was potentially, right? Like I think eventually yeah, he's going to be a pretty good shooter too. Well, it's it's different. Uh, you know, here's something interesting. And Jason was known as Jason Kidd forever, right? Jason Kidd. Yes. No, Jay. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is I believe he's eighth all time in three pointers made in the NBA. And he just developed into a great space, you know, catch and shoot, kind of set set shooter where you hit threes or you leave him. Um, you know, the, the, and this is getting a little too technical for radio, but the, the, the flaw is that he shoots the ball from the left side of his face, um, and which is, you know, you're supposed to shoot it off your right, off your right ear. Um, the issue with that is can you shoot off the dribble? Can you shoot off the dribble going right? Can you get it off? There's only there's a couple of shots that he he, he shoots. Um, that's the issue kind of going forward. But the the good part about his shooting is he shoots it as of now the same way every time, and that's really half the battle. But this is the interesting thing. Um, I, honest, I want you honest to God. You're a pretty honest guy. Was that the first time you watched him play an entire game? <laughs> no, you know what? I watched the game against Kentucky. Come on, come on. No, no, dude. I'm being honest. Kentucky. I watched the game against Kentucky. I believe it was on. December third, um, back in you know like in in the in the out of uh, out of conference, I watched I, I DVR'd that game and I went back and I watched it because I was kind of curious what was going to happen. Okay. But okay. Okay. I yeah. I have not watched. You're right because look, I'm in bed relatively early. Um, no, 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 getting no. Up with this show, and I, I think a lot it, of I, people are the same way, right? Like uh, the NCAA right. tournament is when your casual fan comes in and starts watching, and I think there's a lot of people who watched that game last night and maybe watched him over the weekend. And obviously, Lavar has gotten a ton of attention. And I just, I, I think, I'm of the opinion on this. I'm not an expert in any stretch of the imagination about, about sports, right? I, I enjoy talking about them. We have a successful show here. But I think sometimes you watch guys and you can tell how good they are immediately, right? Just by the way they move, by the way so, that they handle the ball. Right. And to me, the pace with which they can control the action around them, it's like he's playing with a yo-yo. I compared him a little bit to Zinedine Zidane, even though they're different sports. Soccer. No. Good. It's, it's good. He it's, wasn't the um, fastest guy on the field, but he had such control over the pace of the game. 
Uh, and Steve Nash is the other one. Like, Steve Nash, when he really got rolling, he was never going to beat somebody down the floor with pure speed, but he made you play at his pace, and that's something that you rarely see with an 18- or 19-year-old. Well, I, I bring up the you hadn't seen him. I wasn't trying to embarrass Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it because, you know, my wife knows, like, she, she loses me uh, most weeknights to our – I have a, a game room area here, two, you know, two TVs, and then I have, a, I have a laptop that I bring to bed and I watch games on it. And so I've seen him play a bunch. And I, I do think the LeVar thing um, has taken away from this kid's magic. On the other hand, he also at this point in time makes us want to watch. So I'm sitting there next to my wife who had not – she'd heard of LeVar Ball – heard of a little of Lonzo Ball. And as the game's being played, I'm kind of describing, hey, here's where he, you know, here's where he's from. Here's what's interesting about him, more so than just LeVar. And she's like, oh, my God. And I was like, what? She's like, he passes the ball the way you pass the ball. I was like, yeah. He's like, it's, he has a snap on his pass, a snap on his passes that, that there's, you know, there's a handful of people on earth pass the basketball that way. In addition to which, um, the way in which he dribbles the ball up, coming up the court, the high dribble, and, and the control that he has for the basketball, the change of pace, and he's one of these guys, and this is, this is where he's Jason Kidd, like this is what people don't describe well enough. Jason Kidd wasn't the quickest, but Jason Kidd was the fastest. And he also had a way of changing pace, you know, changing speeds. Stockton had that. Um, to a lesser extent, I, I think Nash had, had it as well. Uh, but in a six foot five body to change pace, change speed, completely control the game. And I'm like, look, UCLA was 15 and 17 last year. And did they add a big, the big kid Ike? Yeah. Did they add, um, uh, did they add, you know, one, you know, a, a very good power forward to be a first round draft pick in TJ League? Sure. But they got a chance to win a national championship. And if you watch that game, you're like, oh my God, that guy is so much better than everybody else on the court. That's, that was really the kind of point I was getting to. And it's, it's interesting, Jidan, I remember being playing uh, basketball in uh, Israel, and on Wednesday nights we would watch, you know, we watched the FIFA stuff. And I had, you know, people were Jidan fans, and I was like, I don't, like, who is this? He's like bald, you know, normal, it looks like a normal-looking white French guy, like I'm expecting to be smoke, smoking a cigarette right now. 100% true, yes. And, and the way in which he passed the ball, is different from anybody else. And, like, look, I say it arrogantly, as, like, look, I could, play, I could really pass the ball. I couldn't do the other stuff. I could really pass the basketball. This guy is, he just, he, he, has, he has the vision. He has the snap on the pass. Um, he has an incredible amount of confidence. There's, like, an arrogance to which he plays, but it's, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's all there. And then, yeah, he can take shots. He has, he's absolutely fearless. Like the dude's the real deal, and that's the that's the that's the push and the pull of the Lavar thing. Is like, God, I wish Lavar would shut up. On the other hand, it does make us watch Lonzo, and it's impossible not love the way that Lonzo plays. He is captivating. We're talking to Gottlieb Show at Gottlieb Show. I'm already talking about this game because I think it's going to be as good of a one to look forward to as we've seen in the NCAA tournament in a long time. Darren Fox going against Lonzo Ball, Kentucky against UCLA, Sweet 16 game, moving on to the Elite Eight. How good of a chance does this game have to be? How would you break down the matchup between those two freshman point guards? Well, uh, I mean, it's, it's great, especially because what De'Aaron Fox brings. De'Aaron Fox has, he has an extra gear, man. I'm sure you saw him yesterday. Yes, the dunk at the end of the game was unbelievable. 
Right. I mean, like, look, you're at the end of a game, and he just blows by the entire defense. He's he's another kind of jump shot away guy. Uh, but but what De'Aaron Fox is known as is, and as a, at a young age, is an elite on-ball defender. Like, he'll just climb India. And so you got an elite on-ball defender against a tremendous point guard who you almost feel like you know he's going to take and maybe make the biggest of shots. And this is like part two. Um, and, and what happened last time was, you know, UCLA, and, and Lonzo is not a good defender. And Lonzo was getting embarrassed a little bit in the first half, kind of like last night. And then the second half, they just start making shots. And Kentucky got tight back then, playing it rough, and started rushing some things. Um, I think this is – I mean, that, look, that regional, you got North Carolina, and you got those two teams – uh, you have, you know, three of the five great programs, maybe six great programs on earth playing in one region, and two teams have played against each other. And it's kind of, it, it's going to feel like one of those made-for-TV, you know, made-for-AU event uh, games where, uh, you know, the loser has to play in the auxiliary gym at 9 a.m. the next day. So uh, it's going to be up and down. I mean, you know, we're not even talking about Malik Monk, who, of course, you know, blew up several times early in the season, just a ridiculous score. Um, and then, and then you have, you know, UCLA has a bunch of scoring weapons, but they don't really like to play defense all that much. I and mean, I think it has the making of, of an all time great three sixteen game. Can you come back for the final segment of this hour? You got time to hang with us? Yeah, yeah I'm just getting, me getting warmed up. All right. We'll come, we'll come back with you. We're talking to Doug Gottlieb. We'll call him back, uh, for the final segment. I want to get into some of these other games. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, enter the AutoZone, rev up your refund instant win game and sweepstakes for a chance to win thirty grand or other prizes. No purchase necessary. Ends 4 Must be 18+. plus. Visit AutoZoneTaxTime.com. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Joined now by Doug Gottlieb at Gottlieb Show on Twitter. All right, Doug, the Oklahoma State job opened up. How close did you come to getting it last time and how bad do you want it now? Uh, I would say pretty close. You know, um, in in reality, I did not have a face to face interview. I was calling NCAA tournament games, but the also also the reality was I had already I had previously sat down with the athletic director Mike Holder um, and discussed my vision of what that program should be. So, um, I, yeah, I mean, look, man, there's there's two or three jobs on earth that I would drop everything for, and I've had, uh, let's see, there's four jobs on earth. I've had two of them. I'm about to have a third, and this would be the fourth, and this is the one that, that trumps them all, right? So, um, uh, you know, like a life well lived is one in which you go after things that you want. Um, I w- I'm a son of a coach, a brother of a coach. I, I see the game like a, a player who's a coach, um, and I, I have an incredible amount of passion for my school, and my school was just jilted by a dude who was a false prophet, man. He came in saying, nah, it's not about the money. I just want to be here forever. I'll take less money. And then he got offered a raise, and he said, hey, I, I want to be paid at a, at a rate commensurate with, with my talent. And like, wait, we thought you said you wanted to be here forever. And, uh, and he left. Uh, and with that in mind, I think the timing of it makes it even better uh, that Oklahoma State desperately needs somebody who – doesn't just say, but will show great loyalty. And here's the other thing. I don't know if you know this, uh, Clay, but, you know, Mike Gundy, he didn't really have the resume to get the head coaching job when he got it. Uh, Josh Holliday, who's, who's the head baseball coach, he was at he was at Vandy. 
as a as a hitting coach. They went to the College World Series before he got it. Um, you know, he was he was he was well regarded in the business, but it wasn't shouldn't have been the maybe the head coach at Oklahoma State. And then you know, even even John Smith, who's the wrestling coach, has been incredible. I mean, he was a former wrestler there, and so there's there's a pattern of guys that are successful at Oklahoma State as coaches. We're all former athletes. We're all given a chance, and all because they love their school. I mean, you know, look, recruiting is about telling a story, and I can tell the story of, hey, man, I'm from California. I came to Stillwater with not a pot to pee in or a window to throw it out of, and look at what I made for myself. That's what that school does for you. If you if you buy in, if you fully invest in it, and who can tell that story better than me? And so, yeah, of course, I would want it. That's outstanding. Well, I'm curious to see how that goes, and. Uh rooting for you to, to hopefully get an opportunity there. Let's go back into the game itself now. How unfair do you think it was that Duke had to play in Greenville over this whole transgender bathroom bill? I've already talked about it some. Was it unfair that they had to go play in a hornet's nest against South Carolina? Even though it's trendy to not want Duke to win, that seems like it wasn't a very good situation for them. No, that was a road game, dude. They yeah. played on the road. And, and, and the other part about Duke is, like, Duke, look, Duke's more at home in, in Cameron Square Garden, right, up in the Northeast. That's where their student body comes from. Uh, so it's one thing to not play in Carolina. It's another thing to go play in South Carolina against South Carolina. Like, uh, But, look, it, it does happen. And I know they just won the ACC tournament, but if there's a team that probably didn't truly earn the right to play a home game, it would be Duke because they had such a wild season with the injuries. But uh, it's it's weird. Like, we try and create these hey, – it's supposed to be neutral, and yet uh, all the other top seeds have some – certainly, you know, UCLA, Grand Sacramento is a, a plane flight away, but that's a home-friendly arena. I mean, you look around, and there's some pretty pretty friendly arenas that, that teams got a chance to play in. I don't know if it was unfair, but it definitely is going to be the untold part of the story historically – about South Carolina getting that win, because if that game is played probably any other gym in the country, Duke wins it. And look, South Carolina beat them. Duke could never get over the hump. Their lack of a point guard uh, was was problematic. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's just the HB2 thing. And the crazy thing is they put it in South Carolina, who's flown the Confederate flag for years. Right? Like, it's like, oh, uh, South Carolina, are they good? They're good. Sure, they're good. Let's give them the game. Like, it is. It is incredibly hypocritical, but yet it changed it changed the outcome, I believe, of not just that game, but the NCAA tournament. We're talking to Doug Gottlieb. Okay, I can't let you go without asking you about officiating. It's been under the microscope. There have been a lot of calls, whether it was the missed goaltending call in Northwestern, whether it was the bang-bang play calls down the stretch of UNC it Arkansas. Oh, Clay, Clay, it wasn't the missed goaltending call. You can miss a goaltending call. What you can't do is when – Chris Collins goes crazy because you miss an obvious goaltending call. Tee him up, right? And and it's double, a four point swing. Yeah. Okay. And, and then this, this, there's there's three issues here. Okay. The first issue here is that officials do this all the time. They blow a call, and then you point out they blew a call, and then they bang you with the tee. The second thing is, hey, if you're going to go to the like, you're going to. Uh, I I'm okay with you making an error during the pace of during during a game. Like this stuff happens. If you go and you sit courtside, it happens really, really fast. What I don't understand is like Arkansas, Seton Hall. Like, dude, first stop going to the monitor, and second, if you go to the monitor, get the damn thing right. Uh, you know, and, and then the, the last thing is, hey man, uh, and obviously we'll talk about this later in the week, but um, they don't like to be criticized, and the fact that there's really no accountability to it 
and they put, you know, J.D. Collins out there, who's the coordinator officials, and he's got to kind of explain stuff. They don't like to be criticized, and, like, it's just not realistic in 2017 with all these great camera angles. When, when you have bad crews that people in basketball, you have bad reps that people know are bad reps, uh, and you and and you can't you try and explain it away. Like, look, there has to be a, a level of accountability, and because these guys are sub, private subcontractors, uh, and there's the buddy system, they just keep getting big gig after big gig after big gig. If you blow a game, if you blow a call, you 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 shouldn't be wrestling the next game. Outstanding stuff as always, Doug Gottlieb at Gottlieb Show. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. If you're just waking up, Doug Gottlieb with us at the bottom of Hour 1. You can go listen to it on iTunes. You can go listen to it on FoxSportsRadio.com. Thank you for spending your Monday with us. 250, 50, 250, 250 affiliate stations nationwide as well as Sirius XM Channel 83. Hope your Monday is going well want to dive into this. We haven't even talked about it yet, as we're obviously unpacking what happened in the NCAA tournament over the weekend. Lots of really entertaining games. Hate to brag. Keynote. I love to brag. But I went 33-16-1, giving you out all the picks. That's a 67% winner rate, all free, just because I love you. And I gave out all the Thursday and Friday winners on Thursday before the game. You can always go check out my picks. I put them up for free at OutkickTheCoverage.com, my website, one of the things that impacted a lot of the outcome of games was very questionable officiating. And I've long been a college basketball fan, and this is something that you always have to factor in. I think uniquely more so than any other official or referee, college basketball referees get impacted by the home court advantage and the sort of ambiance and aura of the game itself in the arena. I don't think that your average NFL official or your average college football official gets impacted by the game that's going on around them. And having been courtside or fieldside for a lot of different games, I think it's because in college basketball, you really get guys who are being yelled at and you can tell who you're getting yelled at by. And this may psychologically, I'm not an expert on the psychology of the mind, but I think that knowing who your critics are makes you more susceptible to their criticism. Well, just follow me here. If you're on a football field and you're at midfield and you're an official watching a game, the crowd is loud, but it doesn't impact you on a play-to-play basis by which you can't really see individual people frustrated with your calls. Does that make sense? Think about it from like if you've ever called a game or been on a field as, a, as an official uh, or a player, on a football field, you're a long way from the average fan. So if they disagree with one of your calls, they boo, but it's really just noise, right? It's just background noise. It doesn't impact your overall individual decision-making, I don't think. Not as a player, but as an official, because it's just background noise. When you are on a basketball court, you're jogging up the court, and there are people who are individually criticizing your decisions, not just coaches, by the way, although I think that matters, but everybody who's in the arena, you can hear when people say that you suck. That actually has an impact on you. So I think that college basketball officials, because they're not always calling in the same arenas, because they're not always affiliated with the same conferences, I think they get impacted more. I really do. And I think we saw it in the NCAA tournament. Now, I've got a couple of, couple of ideas. One, 
I think in college basketball, you may think I'm crazy on this, but I think in college basketball, if a coach believes that something happened, like happened in the Gonzaga goaltend against Northwestern, Northwestern had cut the lead to five. That basket would have cut it to three. Instead, they missed the call. The hand closed clearly up through the cylinder. Chris Collins overreacts, although it's hard to blame him, and he gets teed up. So it's a four-point swing. Instead of being a three-point game, Gonzaga comes back down, hits two free throws, and they're up seven. And that basically decided the game. Northwestern never really got back close to it again. At that point in time, they were on a 20-5 to run. And I think that Chris Collins deserves, you may think I'm crazy on this, but I think in that, a situation like that, a coach should be able to challenge a blown call. Not a blown call on a decision-making, but a blown call where you can go look at it on a monitor and say, okay, we blew that. I think in a similar way with the cylinder that we have underneath the basket, the circle, you can go check and see whether or not a guy's foot was on it. And if I remember correctly, I think they went and did that during, was it the, which game was it that I was watching where they went and changed? One game yesterday that I was watching, they had a guy whose foot got on to the circle and they went and changed the call and added, I think it was the Michigan, I think it was Michigan State against uh, Kansas. I think they changed the call in that game and gave a basket and then also a free throw because the guy's foot had been on the protected uh, area. When they called a block, he wasn't actually, his feet weren't outside of that that circle. And so I think if you have a challenge like that, that Chris Collins should have been able to challenge that play. I thought that there were several blown calls if you watch the UNC-Arkansas game down the stretch, particularly the Joel Berry charge that then was a travel that wasn't called either one, and then he just throws the ball up off the rim. UNC gets the rebound, lays it in, and basically from that point forward, they won. Now, it doesn't excuse the awful game uh, the game management by Arkansas in the final three minutes of that game where basically they just dribbled the ball for, 30, uh, for 28 seconds and then threw up contested threes. I feel bad for Arkansas fans. We're going to talk to Bobby Bones in the final hour of the show. Uh, he's at Bobby Bones on Twitter, does a national radio show. He's here in the studio where I am. He's going to come over and talk about it. He was tweeting a lot about the game, huge Arkansas fan. But I thought those calls 100% swung the outcome of potentially the game. I think certainly. And then there were a couple of others that stood out. St. Mary's Jordan Hunter. He got called for a foul after being shoved from behind by Arizona late on Saturday night in a tight game. I was watching that one as well. The Seton Hall intentional foul against Arkansas, so Arkansas got it both directions. I understand that the letter of the law may say that that's an intentional foul, but I think late-game situations, when you go to a monitor, you have to acknowledge that there is clearly an intent to foul there. That's the purpose of the game. And it looked bad because the Arkansas player took a little bit of a dive. But when you've got a guy trying to intentionally foul, I think it's crazy to call the intentional foul. I think for me, intentional fouls are somebody's got a breakaway to the basket and you just tackle them. Not at the end of the game where everybody knows you're trying to foul. And then you go look at it on the monitor. And I have a big issue, and this is me putting on my my lawyer hat, Ultimately, what you're requesting from officials is their discretion, is their ability to exercise good judgment. They're like judges in a courtroom. And you don't always exercise good judgment or discretion by applying the letter of the law. 
by the letter of the law, was the Seton, ha- Seton Hall intentional foul against Arkansas correctly called? Probably so. By the spirit of the law, was it intentionally, was it correctly called? No. Was it just me, Jason Martin, or did you think that there were a lot of, I'm bringing my producer, Jason Martin, a lot of calls that were very borderline that officials were getting wrong? Yeah, it was a lot of ticky-tack stuff that that's not what you want to see in the NCAA tournament. When you get to this point, you want everything to be decided on the floor between the athletes, between these young men who have played all season to get to this point. You don't want to know who the stripes are. You don't want to know their names. You don't want to know their faces. You just want them to make sure that they don't interrupt the flow. And so many of these calls interrupted the flow. For Gonzaga, the Northwestern play, they're amidst a 25 run, and Gonzaga's in free fall at that point. Like, at that moment... It looked like Northwestern was going to win that game. And then comes that swing, and Chris Collins, yeah, he probably would like to step back and say maybe I shouldn't have gone that far over the top. But at the same time, that's about as ridiculous a call to have missed in that situation as imaginable. What happened to Arkansas with UNC, not just the Joel Berry, the second play, but right before that, a three-pointer that there was a clear foul on that ended up being an air ball. That wasn't called. So it was like back-to-back Arkansas got screwed down the stretch in that game. Yes, twice. There's no doubt. Yeah, so there was a lot of it. There were inconsistent situations in the Kansas-Michigan State game. Wisconsin-Villanova was a travesty pretty much from start to finish. Louisville got like a four-point swing late in the first half against Michigan. Michigan really played well in the second half, but Louisville was getting all the benefit in Indianapolis in the first 20 minutes of that game. So, yeah, it was just – you know, I, I try not to talk about the officiating too much, and sometimes it does happen that you get a lot of bad calls at one time, but this seemed just so over the top. This was the worst I've ever seen in the NCAA tournament in a short span. Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. if you want to react to the NCAA tournament, the officiating. Danny G and Robert, did you guys feel like that was the case as well, that there were just a lot of – and look, I know it's a difficult situation to be an official full speed. I'm not trying to say that they're not doing the best they can – but I just felt like there were a lot of blown calls in this game, mis, uh, misdiagnosed situations, poor discretion and judgment being used that really kind of stood out under the microscope of the NCAA tournament. Oh, 100%, Clay. Like you mentioned before, it, it wasn't so much the missed calls because they're going to miss calls regardless. It's the uh, the way they kind of took the game in their hands and made it about the officiating as opposed to the gameplay. And as far as going back to what you mentioned about the reviewable plays or the challenge plays, I think you're kind of limited on that aspect as maybe just to the out-of-bounds situation or a goaltend. I don't know if you'd be able to challenge, you know, a, a hand check or a blocking. No, no, no. I, I don't stuff. think you can ever challenge judgment. What I mean by Chris Collins has absolutely nothing he can do. When he's watched standing there on the sideline and he has a great view and he sees that clearly Gonzaga's player brought his hand up through the hoop during the play, which is a clear goaltend. The basket immediately counts. Now, he overreacted, but I think one of the reasons he overreacted was there's no opportunity to challenge that. And to me, when you can clearly see on replay any time an official gets something wrong, you should be able to have it challenged. And and I just think that that play call really might – maybe Gonzaga goes on and wins. Maybe they do. But the difference between a three-point game with Northwestern on a torrid run and a seven-point lead – a four-point swing at that point in time is massive. Now, you can say Chris Collins shouldn't have gotten teed up, but when I say a challenge, I mean for something that's clearly wrong and isn't judgment-based. Like Again, like the same way they can go review whether or not a guy's foot was on the line 
whether for a three-pointer, whether or not a guy's foot was on the line for a blocked charge, I think you should be able to do that for a goaltending charge such as that one as well. I like Agreed. it. Agreed. <laughs> Absolutely agreed. I do think it would be tough to do, but but I agree. you got to find a way to fix this somehow. And maybe you just give one challenge for it. And if you get it right, you get another challenge, just like in the uh, in the NFL. Something to think about. Let's go to uh, your calls. We'll go to those next, 877-996-6369. Thanks for those of you who've been hanging on. This show brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and, on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Is it just us, or is the officiating awful? NCAA Tournament Breakdown. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. When you really need to be there, you really need an interstate. The car battery auto techs prefer. Let one of those techs test your battery today. Find a location near you at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate batteries, outrageously dependable. And speaking of outrageously dependable, this show, outrageously dependable, you can now find it basically anywhere. Uh, I have gone over and over uh, this again and again because we got this demand for so long. We're now on iTunes. You can go download Outkick the Coverage on podcasts. Maybe you've been driving around in your car. You hear 15 minutes of us on your way to work. Maybe sometimes you're sitting around. You want to listen to more of it than you can. Well, now you can go download us every single day. And uh, Robert, maybe I'll ask you now, any interesting insights that we have found from the podcast in recent history here? I'm curious how we're still doing internationally. I'll come back to you. But we can do a research assignment there. I haven't heard any updates on uh, how we're doing internationally and also where our cities are, that people are downloading that. But I appreciate all of you. Hundreds of thousands of you have come and downloaded the Outkick the Coverage show since we started that uh, just a couple weeks ago. And so uh, I appreciate everybody who's doing that. Also, thanks to all our 250 affiliate stations nationwide. We keep adding affiliates at a rapid rate. And also, as always, Sirius XM Channel 83 We love you guys as well. We're reacting to the NCAA tournament. I'm going to pivot here in a minute and start to talk about Saturday night in the NBA again, where once more for a primetime game, another major draw, the Cleveland Cavaliers decided not to bring out their big-time starters, and so everybody got screwed. But I want to take a couple of your calls now on uh, the replay situation, on the officiating situation. We just came through the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. Charles in Georgia. What's up, Charles? Hey, how you doing, sir? I'm excellent. I want to know what is so big about these replays. Stop the replays. All we're doing is we're giving teams that may not have a timeout left, we're giving them a free timeout. Officials make mistakes. Players make mistakes. Play the game like we used to back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s without replays. That's when the game was great. All we're doing is we're stopping, we're making the replay, and all of a sudden the game changes, whether it's momentum changes or whatever it is. I played college ball. Get your head out of your rear end and play the game. Get down on defense. The ref made a mistake. Get down on defense. Hustle your butt off. Make a stop. Continue the run that you're doing. Did I watch Northwestern game? Yes. Was it the wrong call? Yes. But we can't say that the refs are making 15 to 20 bad calls a game. We're questioning their integrity. You Look, I, that's a lot of calls, a lot of talking. Here's the deal. In the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, every game wasn't televised. You didn't have 20 different HD cameras surrounding the court covering every square inch of the court. And so sometimes you miss calls, yeah. And you can say they even out. That's always been the old canard, right, is it evens out. Did it even out for Arkansas? Maybe. 
They got the benefit of the intentional foul call when they shouldn't have gotten it, right? The flagrant, whatever you want to call it, the 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 flagrant. What do they call it now? The flagrant one. It's and a flagrant two. one, yeah. Uh, they got the benefit of the flagrant one. They got the two free throws and the ball, which basically decided that outcome against Seton Hall. I think they probably win either way, but then they get the missed call on the three point attempt, and they went and reviewed that. I don't even know what they were looking at. I guess they couldn't change who the ball was off of. That was strange. And then you had Barry, who clearly either charged or traveled well he had a five-step travel yeah like, i mean this wasn't a three this this wasn't a judgment call if this you did unbelievable block charge is the most difficult call i think it in is. all of sports and obviously they've tried to help out the officials by putting the circle directly underneath uh the basket so at least they hope i think encouraging guys not to try to draw charges close to the basket it's still an incredibly difficult charge to make and it's basically 50 50 and so even in that situation when the Arkansas-North Carolina game, if the official doesn't want to go block charge and actually uh, re- make a decision, then go ahead and call the travel and give Arkansas the ball back. I, I just thought that was a huge swing in that game. And obviously, Arkansas didn't do itself any favors with the awful, woeful, disastrous offensive sets at the end of the game. I don't know what Mike Anderson was trying to run, but it's like the college kids just fell apart. They had absolutely nothing to go for. And I think you see that happen a lot in the NCAA tournament these days. Somebody made the argument, I saw on Twitter, that this was like Steph Curry hero ball. That guys have watched Steph Curry make so many long-range dagger threes that now, instead of trying to go to the basket, all of your guards are comfortable dribbling around at the top of the key and then they want to hit the 30-footer. I mean, you saw it at the end of the Vanderbilt game. You saw Riley Lachance out there, even after the disastrous decision by Matthew Fisher-Davis to foul there. Vanderbilt's down only one point, and they've got plenty of time to run something getting towards the basket. And Lachance almost hit the shot, but he pulls up from 28, 30 feet and tries to drain a three when they're down one. And you've seen it happen so many times, I feel like, where guards getting to the rim is not as sexy now as kind of juking somebody and stepping back and draining a long-range three. And I think Steph Curry has made guys think that it's easier to do that than it actually is. And maybe that's partly influencing the way that we're seeing the end-of-game situations. Guys are settling for long-range jumpers, and these are guys who are settling for long-range jumpers that aren't necessarily that great of shooters anyway. Now, sometimes it works out. Oregon's in a tie game against... Uh, I guess it was Rhode Island, right? I'm watching it live. Was it Dylan Dylan Brooks, I think? Dribbles down at the top of the key. Clock's winding down. He steps right into it at the top of the key, drains a three to basically win that game. And he played a phenomenal game. And that was a walk-up three that he probably could get on any possession at any point in time, but he just stepped up and drained it. And so sometimes that hero ball, Steph Curry style works, but I feel like we're seeing more long-range long attempts than we ever have before guys not trying to get to the basket they're not necessarily running an offensive set it's one-on-one crossover a couple of times and then rise and fire yeah I mean it's I'm not enjoying college basketball nearly as much and you know we talked about reasons for that it was Tyler Dorsey to hit that three last night okay. with 11 seconds left but one of the things that's irritating to me and the Vanderbilt game was the key we saw Riley Lachance take that three but a couple of possessions before that, he had driven to the rack. And he's the smallest guy on the floor, but at worst, maybe you draw a foul at the end of that game. But, yes, yeah, Steph Curry has got people believing 
that they need to take 30 and 35 footers. The reason why we were so amazed by what Steph Curry did is because no one else was doing it because almost no one else can do it. It's absolutely ridiculous to see. The other epidemic that I noticed all weekend long was if there was a three on one side, damn it, the other team was going to roll down and take a three. Like they weren't going to go for two. The one, the most impressed I was was watching Florida State on their first game and the one that they actually won in the first half scored 26 of their 40 points in the paint. That was an actual basketball game. So much of this has become a three-point shootout, and a lot of these teams just can't shoot. So you're just watching brick after brick after brick. That's not fun to watch, at least not for me. Well, I think what's happened is this is an interesting kind of philosophical thought. I mean, I want you to follow me here. For a long time, Americans taught basketball like it was football. And follow me along on this theory. By that, I mean in football, you learn a defined position, right? If you are a defensive end, your responsibility is different than if you are a defensive back. If you are an offensive lineman, your responsibility is different than if you are a uh, if you're a wide receiver. And so all these discrete individual roles built into a team. What's fascinating about that is Europe, for a long time, taught basketball like it was soccer. Whereas we in America used football as the as the way that we taught basketball. That is, we have centers, we have power forwards, we have shooting guards, we have point guards, and all of the responsibilities of those positions are different and they're discrete. And if you are Shaquille O'Neal and you are a center, you're a fundamentally different player than anybody else. In Europe, they taught basketball like it was soccer. And in soccer, you have to be able to do everything. Now, you may be on the defensive side of the ball, but if you are not a skilled practitioner of being able to handle the ball, being able to pass, being able to shift and overlap and even make runs potentially every now and then to score, you're not an effective soccer player. Everybody in soccer has to be on some level capable of playing all the positions on the field. And that's the same way that they taught basketball. And so their big seven-footers like Dirk Nowitzki, they come over here and Dirk Nowitzki has got a completely well-rounded game because they play all five positions have to be able to do everything. And I think what we've seen is basketball becomes beautiful when all five positions can do everything. And I'll give you an example. Last night I'm watching UCLA. Now partly it's because they got Lonzo Ball, Bryce Alford, everybody else, but all five guys there can score. And I think what you're seeing is college has shifted into a system whereby the big man doesn't really exist anymore because a big man who just gets in the paint and tries to score is becoming a, uh, a, a antiquated object. He's becoming a relic, an antique. And so you end up with a situation where you have a really dynamic setup where all five guys can, sh- can shoot and score from anywhere. Now, the challenge with that is that still guys are not necessarily great shooters. But if you think about that in a larger context, that's really the evolution of the sport. We've moved more from football and basketball being connected where everybody has a defined role to embracing the European model, where now, and, and you really kind of saw it initially with the stretch four, guy can step outside at the at the power forward position and be able to hit a three. Now everybody wants stretch fours, and honestly, a lot of guys out there want that Euro-style big man who can step outside because it's matchup difficulty, and you obviously see it in the NBA everywhere because the NBA is more international, but I think that college basketball is trying to adopt it as well. The challenge is, Typically, these guys who are really talented are not staying long enough. So the the number of teams that run like a well-oiled machine is very rare. 
it's either a situation like St. Mary's where the guys have been there forever or you get a, a transcendent point guard like Lonzo Ball and you watch that uh, that UCLA offense and it's truly a thing of beauty. I absolutely w- love watching him play the point guard. I want to talk more about Lonzo Ball on the flip side, but right now let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And I want you knuckleheads to listen up close to me, all right? I don't want you to get killed this week. I don't want you to ever get killed. I hate death more than anyone. It's one of my calling cards. And this is why I want you to listen closely. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will About a mile after it hits you, stop, trains can't. People keep getting hit by trains. Every time somebody gets hit by a train, my Twitter feed blows up. I'll go check it. I don't have notifications set up on my phone. uh, I'll just pull out my phone, and I'll be like, wow, why did I suddenly get 40 mentions in the last two minutes? Some big news must have happened, and I'll pull it up, and it'll all be about somebody getting hit by a train. And it'll all be people saying, hey, person should have been listening to OutKick. Trains won't stop. They'll hit you. Don't get hit by a train. Keep trying to tell you. I want to drive down the number of people killed by trains to zero. If this show had a few more listeners, maybe we'd have a zero train rate death. Just saying. Trying to make America better. Trying to make trains great again. Don't want them hitting people. Um, I was in Vegas this weekend. Tremendous time. I got to say this. If you have a choice right now, and you're out there, and you're sitting around, and you're saying, boy, what would, what would I want to do? I got out to Vegas on Wednesday, and I had a couple of speaking engagements. Guys at Caesars had me out there. Uh, Caesars obviously has a ton of different hotels, uh, whether it's you know Caesars Palace or Planet Hollywood. I didn't know this at the time, how many different of the locations out there Caesars owned. I think they own the Paris. They own a lot of different hotels there on the Strip. And so we gave tips, Todd Furman and I. Todd Furman, you hear on the show every now and then. And Todd's always really nervous because he's a professional gambler about giving tips because he knows people are going to judge him. I just come out gunning, right? I saw people are like, Todd, what's your favorite pick? And to his credit, and I put some good money on this one, he said, oh, I, I really like Princeton against Notre Dame. Princeton covered in that game. And so that was his number one pick of the first round. And they say to me, what do you like, Clay? I said, which game you want me to talk about? Because I bet all 32, and then I bet all 16 second round games. This is the fourth straight year that I've bet 48 games. And this is the best I've ever done. And I give out all these picks to you guys. I went 33-16-1. I doubled down. I had a double win last night on South Carolina at plus 7.5 as well as South Carolina on the over-under. I had the over. And I had 67% winners. And there's nothing better than being in Vegas and just killing it with all these different games going on. I think if you have a choice, and I said this last week when we were doing the show live in Vegas, I said, if you have a choice between going to the Super Bowl, if it's not your team, if it's your team, things are different. But if you have a choice between going to the Super Bowl on a bucket list or going to Vegas for the NCAA tournament and betting every game, I think you go Vegas. I, I just, I, I absolutely love Las Vegas. I think it is incredible when there's great sporting events going on. If this Mayweather and McGregor fight happens. I want to be out there. My bosses might be listening. I know it's early on the West Coast. If they're listening, I want to go out there and do that show. And that's despite the fact that, you know, on Thursday, I didn't do the show on Friday, but on Thursday, I was walking out of that casino 
at 2.30 in the morning to get into a 2.30 a.m. Pacific to get into a cab, I was the only sober person in the whole casino. Our show is 3 to 6 a.m. I know we're carried out there in Vegas, so thanks to everybody out there who's listening in Vegas. Our show is 3 to 6 a.m. I want to be there so badly for the McGregor against Mayweather fight if it happens that I would gladly do a 3 to 6 a.m. show every day out there. Me too, in fact, by the way. I might flip my schedule. I might flip my schedule if we do that and just turn into a vampire and sleep during the day. Right? Like, I didn't know what to do on Thursday because I went to go do the show and then I came back and I did a couple of different radio hits. I do radio hits all over the country after this show. And then I got to my hotel room and it was 6.15 a.m. Vegas time. And I'm like, well, basketball games start out here at 9, right? Which is amazing about the NCAA tournament. So what do I do? I haven't really slept because I have to be up at 2.30. And so I slept for like an hour, and then I just went and watched games all day. I mean, just a phenomenal time. Danny G and Robert, either one of you, I know you haven't, Jason Martin, either one of you guys ever been out in Vegas for the opening round of the tournament? Uh, I have not. I have been out there for several big boxing events. That's the, the best I can say. So I've been out there for like Mayweather, Pacquiao. That was cool. So That's pretty awesome. Talking about. That's pretty awesome. Like the 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 feel of it. I will say this. The only negative about being in Vegas for NCAA tournament weekend, no girls. If you're a single guy and you like to go out to Vegas to go try to meet girls, bars, clubs, restaurants, whatever else, it is the it's a sausage factory. It is all huge groups of dudes. And there are hardly any girls. If you're a girl and you want to meet guys and you're in your 20s or your early 30s or whatever else, it's, it is it is impossible. I, I bet you would not have to spend a... Not that, not that Gullick and girls ever have to pay for anything anyway, but if you want to go to Vegas on the NCAA tournament weekend, there is no competition. I mean, you can get in clubs like crazy. You can get as many drinks as you want. You can get taken care of. I mean, it is, it is phenomenal. Life is good if you're a good-looking woman no matter what, but for Vegas opening round of the NCAA tournament, it's all dudes. That's the time to go if you're a girl. Get your girlfriends, go for your bachelorette party. You won't pay for a single thing the whole time. I'm telling you, zero doubt. Uh, did you hear about this? I want to hit this story on the flip side. Did you hear about the guy who was trying to impress the girl, speaking of girls, in Australia? 18-year-old guy. He is in Australia. Crocodile-infested waters surround him. This is an unbelievable story. I'm going to read this story to you right now. I'm not even going to tease it. I'm going to go ahead and read it. This guy is trying to impress this 24-year-old hot chick. What does he do? I always say, girls never die with their final two words being, watch this. You want to know the difference between the male and the female? There is virtually no woman ever whose final two words have been, watch this. Men say that and die all the time. Incredibly stupid decisions all the time. A teenager named Lee DePaul, he's 18 years old, he said he was <laughs> he was met a girl, a backpacking hot Australian girl, and he said he wanted to impress her by jumping into this creek that he said uh, he didn't believe that there was any danger there. It was a dare, and he was trying to impress a female backpacker. He said he was on the side. I just wanted to show the backpacker. I got her number. Her name is Sophie. 
he told this local affiliate. He jumped in the water to impress her, say that, look, nobody's ever harmed by crocodiles here. He jumps in the water, and he's swimming back when a crocodile grabs his arm, drags him out, and starts rolling with him. It took him six meters from the wharf. I don't know how far that is. Then he fights it. He hit it on the nose. It loosened up a bit. I got another hit in. It was right on its eye. I was lucky because it just dropped me. This hot Australian chick, I'm going to tweet out this link. I think she's got a, I mean, he. this is an unbelievable story. I need to dive into this more. You want to know how dumb men are and how often we make bad decisions when it comes to attractive women. This guy was trying to show off how crocodiles never attack you, jumps in a creek, river, whatever it is in Australia with this hot chick watching and immediately gets attacked by a crocodile. Welcome to the real world. Don't get hit by trains. Don't get attacked by crocodiles. Final segment, hour two, up next. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, uh, it's time for the Geico Play of the Day. Highly anticipated tournament rematch yesterday in Indy, Kentucky, Wichita State, and down the stretch, De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron, De'Aaron, De'Aaron. Got to get that right. De'Aaron Fox tried to put the exclamation point on what was a real battle. Shamit gets into the front court. Moves left for Brown. Brown didn't get back to Shamit. Stolen away by Fox. Running the other way. Uncontested. And a left-hand jam. And Kentucky with their largest lead. 58-51. That call courtesy Westwood 1. Fox finishes 14 points. 5 of 13 from the field. Shockers did a nice job on him for much of the game. But they couldn't quite get it done against the Wildcats. Sets up what should be an amazing showdown with Lonzo Ball and UCLA on Friday night in Memphis. That, my friends, is appointment television. Go ahead and book it. That's your play of the day presented by GEICO. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. That, by the way, will be the first game that John Calipari has coached in Memphis since he left to take the University of Kentucky job. Okay, I was talking about this crazy story, and I'm going to tweet out the link. You need to see the, the girl that he was trying to impress. Um, and this is, uh, this is the full story. So we're in Australia. I want to set the, the scene for you. We're in Australia. This 18-year-old native Australian sees this hot 24-year-old and all of her friends. And here is her quote. Uh, Miss Patterson said she and her friends had met Mr. DePaul a few hours earlier over drinks at the local hostel where she was saying, he sort of made this claim. This is her quote. I'll swim out and back. At first, we just said, don't be so ridiculous and didn't think he was going to go through with it. It all happened very fast. Pretty much as soon as he jumped in, there was splashing and screaming. Miss Patterson said the teenager managed to pull himself from the water while she yelled at her friends to call an ambulance. There was blood everywhere. No better way to impress a girl than with blood everywhere. And he just wouldn't stop screaming, she said. I thought he lost his arm because of how bad it looked. Paramedics rushed Mr. DePaul, who suffered lacerations and multiple fractures, to the hospital where he was stabilized. He was then taken to another hospital where he underwent surgery on his left arm. This guy got attacked by a crocodile trying to impress a hot chick. Ms. Patterson said she arrived in Innisfail last Wednesday, and while she was aware there were crocodiles, had, quote, no idea how serious it was. I know he's a local and probably knew the area better, but I can't help but feel for him, she said. And this is great. The attack comes in the midst of renewed debate in Australia about a proposal to cull crocodile populations. 
the local, I believe, like MP, which is basically the uh, the local representative for the area, like a uh, politician, said most locals would know not to jump into the Johnstone River. This is what that guy said. Most people have got common sense. We can't legislate to protect kids, but we need to be protecting the community, public safety, and our tourism reputation, our priority. Can you imagine getting attacked by a crocodile and then having the local politician call you a blankhead? Like, in America, that would be crazy. I, I kind of love that Australian guy's just like, this guy's just trying to get a hookup with a chick, and he decides to jump into a river and try to swim across it. And didn't yeah. get the girl either. Like, she was, it says she, she went on nine, Channel 9 in Australia and said she wasn't impressed. <laughs> there was no chemistry before the attack. Quote, only just met the kid. He's too young for me. Being attacked by Do we have audio of this really chick? do it for me. Is, the, is there audio of this? That's what I tweeted out from my account at Jmart Outkick, the Mirror article. We'll see if there's actual anything with this. There's just quotes that I see here. But it's just basically she says she's not going on a date with this guy. And he said it was all worth it. She was kind. Not based on those quotes, she's not. If you get attacked by a crocodile trying to impress a, uh, impress a chick, I think she has to sleep with you. I mean, I think that's the, uh, at a bare minimum, she has to go on a date with you. If you're trying to impress a chick and you get attacked by a crocodile, I don't know how much more you can tell her how blown away you are. I mean, I when I, as soon as I saw this story, I was like, I bet this chick's really hot. 18-year-old dude, liking the older women, 24-year-old, trying to impress her. Only guys think, this chick's going to love it if I swim across this crocodile-infested river. She's going she's gonna to totally sleep with me. It's midnight. The guy jumps immediately into the, cro- into the river, and he immediately gets attacked. What are the, I mean, again, I, I say it all the time. I've got three boys. Men are just stupid. You combine the pursuit of sex with crocodiles, that seems like a really bad combination. This girl's going to be so impressed. Men think like other men. This girl's going to be so... Just think about this. This guy thought, I'm going to risk my life to swim across this river in the middle of the night that I know is infested with crocodiles because if I do that, she's going to be so impressed by me. No, she wasn't. Why was she going to be impressed? You could swim across a river? She's going to think you're an idiot. Maybe other guys would be kind of impressed. I hope he was drunk. He had to be drunk, right? It's the well, dumbest he, thing you've ever done to impress was, a girl. He was drink. He basically, he said he had 10. 10 she drinks? He said that they had had 10 together, like their group. So he was pretty lit. Man, nobody tells him it's not a good idea to go swim across a crocodile in front. That's where you need one of your buddies to be like, bro, she's yeah, not going to hook up with yeah, you. There's a lot of buddies that wanted to see that. You know there is. Especially nobody gets in the water to try to help him. Right. They're Blood everywhere. They're probably filming it on their on their cell phones. There probably is video of it. I'm Clay Travis. Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. You're listening to Outkick the coverage. Don't get eaten by a crocodile or hit by a train on this show. Brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We have tracked down a local news report on the guy who was, as one of, one of you just said, crock blocked. And uh, that is a uh, incredible line. I want to give credit to that one. Uh, crock blocked. Bob Pop comes up with that idea. Uh, we are going to play you this hour the story, the local news story of the 
kid who decided he wanted to impress a girl, said he wasn't afraid of crocodiles, jumps into a river and is immediately attacked by a crocodile and fights it off. This also ties in with our recent theory, and by our, I mean mine, that I could fight an alligator because this kid fights off a crocodile. He said he punched it in the nose, and then he tried to gouge its eyes, and that's how he got back. Now, he might have also been drunk, and so we'll have to do a a heavy research on this. We're scheduled to be joined, uh, if you are a fan, and a lot of you probably are, by Bobby Bones here in this segment he does a show next door to us here in the studio, nationwide show, uh, as part of uh, the country music show. He's also a huge Arkansas Razorbacks fan, grew up in Arkansas, was watching that game against UNC, used to do a sports show for Fox Sports Radio with Andy Roddick, so he is going to be on with us here at some point in this segment, I believe. He's dodging out of his show to come on to our show. We're going to try to do some tag team like this every now and then. Uh, where we have him on, and maybe I run over and do some of his show as well. Never know what you're going to get. Obviously, the NCAA tournament is the big story. Uh, as the West Coast wakes up, a lot of you on the West Coast probably stayed up to watch it. A lot of you on the East Coast probably did not. And we talked to Doug Gottlieb in hour one. I want to encourage you guys to go download the podcast and listen to it. Robert, we have some podcast stats as well. Yes, we do, Clay. Thank you for bringing that up once again. You know, we're international here on Outkick the Coverage. And yes. uh, we have a couple of new entries into the top 10 I think you'll be very impressed by. A countries where we are now g- gaining popularity. I bet we're going we're gonna to skyrocket in Australia now with this crocodile story. At, speaking of Australia. Currently number nine right now in the Outkick International Top 10. So we were already top 10 even before I broke the story about the kid who got attacked by the crocodile. We're going top five with Australia no after this. Absolutely. Zero doubt. Absolutely. And Italy cracking it right over there number eight so good Italy. for them yes interesting uh jamaica surging once again they're number three now you know what i think the jamaican thing is first of all i'm sure jamaicans love us uh because i'm huge in jamaica uh big bob marley fan but i think that jamaica i bet is a ton of college kids on spring break i mean there's a ton of college kids on spring break staying on resorts that have made the decision to download outkick the show they want to keep up on the ncaa tournament everything else that's going on I'm betting that's probably what's going on because it's March and and Jamaica is a huge spring break destination. Or they just love college basketball. Or they just love me. There you Let's go. be honest. There you yes. Go. What the, else? But you know what? One thing I think is really interesting here is we'll come in stateside. Now, we've always been big in Tennessee, obviously. Nashville is a huge market, yes. Biggest Nash- biggest uh, market for us on the download tip. And, you know, we've always been big in the big cities, you know, L.A., New York, what have you. As far as states go, though, Illinois, ever since that whole Mike Glennon rant, has been surging. Currently number five overall state downloads. What's our top five states? I'm guessing Tennessee, California, Texas, and Georgia, and then Illinois. And then Illinois. Am I correct? Yes. They just passed up New York. Just passed New York. Wow. Big in Chicago. Outstanding. What about cities? Well, Nashville, of course, doubling up everybody. We we dominate the city of Nashville. If you want to come to Nashville, I am basically – I'm the mayor of the city. Like, we have 100% name recognition here. It's a Na- great city to be dominating. Nashville's dunking on all the other cities right now. Absolutely. Uh, Houston, number two, Atlanta, L.A., New York. All right. Makes sense. Also huge in Houston. Um, thank you. Uh, and by the way, I, our show now is on the evening, I believe, on 790 down there. Uh, when the Rockets games are not taking place, our show, the first hour is on 5 to 6 a.m. locally in Houston, and then they put us on in the evening. So if you're driving around in your car in Houston in the evening and you hear us, 
I know I'm great in the morning. I'm probably just as good in the evening. That's my theory. Um, Okay, so we're talking about the NCAA tournament, and I'm of the opinion that Lonzo Ball is everything that LeBar Ball has been bragging about and potentially more. We talked to Doug Gottlieb in hour one about this. I believe that there are certain people who are so talented that when you watch them, you can tell they're really good even if you don't have a background in that sport or that talent. Let me give you an example. If you watch somebody who's really good at playing the piano play the piano, even if you know nothing about what it takes to play the piano, you can be like, damn, that guy or that girl is really good, right? You don't have to be a musical genius to sit back and watch somebody play the trombone and know whether somebody's good at playing the trombone or not. You can watch somebody beat on drums and figure out whether somebody is good at drums or not, right? That's how Lonzo Ball is with the basketball in his hand. I compared him earlier to Zinedine Zidane, and I know, oh, your cross-sport comparisons, but Zinedine Zidane was great because he's this random-looking French guy who just has the ability to control the soccer ball as good or better than anybody I've ever watched. And when you have control over the ball like that, what you have the ability to do is take absolute control of the game. You have the ability to make somebody play at your pace. And a lot of times, I was talking earlier about De'Aaron Fox. Okay? De'Aaron Fox is an incredible talent, and he can do what a lot of good young talents can do. Let's go really fast. He can outspeed you to the basket and dunk. Watch Lonzo Ball play. He makes you pay play at his pace. Steve Nash, when he was back-to-back MVPs in the NBA, nobody saw Steve Nash and said, man, that guy's the biggest, the strongest, the fastest player in the NBA. But he was so in control of what he was doing, and he saw the court so well that he dictated tempo and pace to everyone that he played against. There were a lot more athletic guys that he was guarding, There were a lot more athletic guys guarding him, but he dictated tempo and pace to them. And he was able to pass in a way that virtually no one else was. And everything that happened with that offense was so seamless because of Steve Nash. That's what Lonzo Ball is doing right now. I cannot wait to watch this UCLA-Kentucky game on Friday night in Memphis. Go ahead and box this time out on your schedule. 9 o'clock Eastern, I believe. It's tipping off on Friday night, and you don't want to miss it. It's going to be an epic clash, I believe, and you absolutely, positively have to see it. There's zero doubt. We're going to be joined here now by my guy, Bobby Bones. We're talking about the NCAA tournament. We're breaking down everything surrounding it. You are sprinting over from one studio to the other. And I believe your mic is on right now. Yeah, I didn't I didn't sleep much last night for a couple of reasons. One, because the game was on way late for me to wake up way early in the morning. But two, I became the guy that I never want to be. The guy that yells at the refs publicly. I never want to be the guy that goes, the refs screwed us out of this game. And I really dislike that guy. 
And I was that guy publicly last night. And I said I was so obnoxious that Clay invited me on his show. It was the first time I'd been so obnoxious that I got invited on this no, show. No, I want to get you on weekly because you're just, for people who don't know, you do a show that's all over nationwide. Your show's on right now. It is. We're in the middle of a song by Little Big Town right now. <laughs> yes. So you could sprint over. At some point, maybe I'll sprint over with you. But you've got an incredibly successful show, and you used to do Sports Talk Radio with Andy Roddick. You were on Fox Sports Radio. You are a diehard Arkansas Razorback fan. I am, and with that comes knowing that you're probably going to have your heart broken. And as the game started last night, we dropped to 10 quick. We were down 16, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and gut it out. We shouldn't even be in this game. You know, they were riding us off two-thirds of the way through the season. And, whew, I became the person I never want to be. And I thought they blew the call on the tip. Okay, there was only one second left on the, the three-pointer that got tipped. Yes. Hit the baseline. Yeah, there was only one second left, but you can still get a tip, at least an or opportunity. Or you get fouled. Yes. There are many things that can happen. And I thought the charge, but then again, I have to think logical. And if I'm a network executive, and I'm a guy that believes if there's money, there's always some... You think you're a conspiracy guy. No. I'm a real-life guy. Yeah. Where if I were running a network, I want North Carolina to win the game. I... They're fun for us to see these bigger, these lower seeds win, but it's terrible for television. And Butler versus Arkansas is pulling a zero share. Like nobody, nobody cares. Nobody's going to care. And the Butler Arkansas winner versus whomever carries even lesser of a share later on. So I get it, and I probably would nudge my referees too. Oh, man. So they blew the calls, right? I don't think there's any way to say it other than clearly with Barry there at the end, in particular. He definitely, I think, charged. But even if you don't want to call a block charge there because it's a difficult call to make, he clearly traveled right after, and then he just threw the ball up on the basket on, on the backboard, and that was kind of the play that decided the game. I think that there had to be some sort of call there, even if it was a blocking call in Arkansas. Uh, but again, I understand, and if I were running the Turner Networks or CBS, I would need those refs. Even if you don't tell them they know, Come on. We're not dumb. When you watch a game as an Arkansas fan, what and you're tweeting, what kind of reaction do you get from the people who follow you on Twitter? Are they like, I don't care at all about sports? Like, do you read your mentions? Yeah, I read I'm, everything all the time. So what do they say? Like, what do they say when you're tweeting about Arkansas? I mean, I'm sure there are some people who follow you because they know you're an Arkansas fan, but... I'm curious whether you, a lot of times in sports, if we tweet about something that's not sports, it's a funny phrase, right? People are like, stick to sports. So, you know, anytime I come on and, and, and talk about anything, if it's not sports, I'll get some guy, some old guy tweeting like, stick to sports. I only want to hear you talk about sports. So do you get stick to music? Do you I get d- stick to country? You don't at all. I've done sports radio and yeah. I've done every format. And so I don't. And let me say this too. Before every knucklehead starts to call in, Arkansas missed the free throws. Yeah. They sucked. I got it. They did. They, you know, but I think some of that sucking was because of some of the blown calls. And you know, we're our show's on all over North Carolina. Yep. And I did a stand-up comedy show in Durham literally last week when Duke and Carolina were playing. And so, like, I love that part of the country. And so when I get obnoxious like that, I I end up having like remorse afterward. I'm like, God. And I don't take anything down because I'm never going to be the guy. I don't delete tweets. That pulls a tweet because 100%. I said something stupid. I'll just post afterward. Ooh, probably shouldn't have said that because I lose respect for somebody who tweets me talking trash and then they pull it down when I retweet them and they're like, and it's like tweet unavailable now. So I just want to be that guy. But listen, I felt bad for Wichita State yesterday, not because they got screwed, because they just played a really 
gritty, tough game. Yes. And lost to a more athletic team. It was a it was a fun day for games. We're talking to Bobby Bones at Bobby Bones on Twitter. It was miserable last night, though. Oh, I'm, you're bringing it back up again. Yeah, I know. How long does it take you to get over a game like that? Uh, I'm kind of still not over it. Once it, I have to talk about it. I have to separate. Especially if it's close. I kind of wish it had been a blowout. So is one of the things that you get to do now, I've seen you, you get to go on the field for the one of the Arkansas football games, right? I got to lead the hog call, yeah. It's, How cool was that? Is that I got to run out when I was, I, I wrote my second book about the University of Tennessee. I got to run through the T again in the Alabama game. And for somebody who grew up a huge SEC football fan, getting to run through the T for an Alabama game is about as good as it gets for a University of Tennessee fan. Calling the Hogs for an Arkansas fan, you grew up in Arkansas, you never expected to get to do that, right? I couldn't even afford to go to games as a kid or right. get to games, really. And so for me to go in the middle of the field with a microphone and call the Hogs during the Alabama game, packed, 73,000 people, yeah, it was probably the coolest Razorback thing I've ever got to do. You know, in top five things ever I got to do because you grow up in Arkansas and it's all we have. Yes. You know, which is a lot of the Southeast Conference. You know, that's all we have. It defines a state and a region. And so for me to grow up and and to love the Hogs so much, but in everything, you know, but we didn't have a pro team. So it was all Arkansas all the time. And I have an Arkansas tattoo, you know, I'm a complete, I'm in. I'm going to run for governor. You're, you legitimately are going to yeah, run yeah. for governor. I went, and the weird thing about politics is the people in politics are like trolls, and they want to grab on to things really early, even if they don't like them, because they want to be in. Right. And so when I, I actually had a committee that we formed to see what 2018 would look like. And people were volunteering their time to drive and have meetings in case I ran because they wanted to be in if I were to run. And I was like, wow, this is how this works? So I had a team of like six people, and we decided not to run in 2018. I wouldn't have won anyway. How would you run? Would you be a Republican, Democrat, Independent? How would What political party would you run with? I went and met with the governor, and I, he asked me the same question. And I'm, I'm an independent. Yeah. I probably could run moderately on either side. Yeah. So I think whichever side gave me the best opportunity to win, quite frankly, I would have run on. Yeah. That's pretty outstanding. So you're not going to do it in 18. Would you have to give up the radio show? In 18, I would have. And I could have because in my contract, I can retire. You know, and from any contract, you can retire. Yes, 100%. I just can't go to another radio or TV station. So I could. But in you know 22, who knows? It's interesting because we've had some of the guys who do radio before decide to run for office. And you get into an interesting question because if you keep doing your show, then it's un- considered to be like an unfair advertisement, right? So you have to give up the show on some level to be able to do it. When you officially announce or raise X amount of dollars, you have yes. to get off. And so I was fine to not announce and just say I was going to run. And, and hold on as long as possible. But you have to raise a bunch of money, and I don't like asking people for money. The, that's the thing with me is I would run for political office if I were so rich. that I, what, Like, what's the number of the amount of money? Neither one of us grew up with very much money. Like, you, you may have grown up with less than me. My parents, you know, we never had that much money, so I've got a lot more money now than I ever anticipated that I would have. But I've got a number in my mind, and it's $20 million. To me, if you have $20 million, it's what I would call FU money, right? It's hard to see how you could screw up enough to not have enough money then. Is there a number in your head that you would hit and you'd just be like, because you're busting your ass. You're traveling all over the country. I'm following you on Twitter. You can follow Bobby at Bobby Bones. Like Mr. Bobby Bones. That other at Mr. Bobby Bones. Yeah. So you're on a total grind, right? Is there a dollar figure that you could hit where you're just like, tap out, now I can go do whatever I want for the rest of my life. I'm not even going to worry. Because I think a lot of times, if you weren't born with money, you're more aware of money than you are if you were born with money. Does that make sense? Like, if you're a wealthy guy and you've grown up or girl, you don't think about money like you do if you haven't, if there's been things you wanted that you couldn't get. 
Listen, I check my account every day. I overpay my bills because I'm still scared that I'm going to lose my job and not have money to pay for next month's. So when you say that, I mean, that's exactly how I feel about my life. It's like I feel like eventually I'm going to be found out that I'm not that good. And, so, and your money's just all going to be gone. And then yeah. how am I going to live? Right. So for me, there's not that number. But I also feel like politicians all come from rich families. So no one represents us, the normal person. Yeah. Because like you said, it's hard to be a politician and not already be rich. 100% true. So with all these or have rich access people, to tons of rich yes, people. Yes. With all these rich people representing us, they don't know really what it's like to not be rich or to grow up with a struggle. And that has always been my motivation with uh, the radio show or running for office is that I want to represent the person that actually had to struggle. Now, there are the occasional ones, but look at the... Old white politicians, they're all coming from rich families. They all have some sort of privilege. Yep. And so I think that for me, that's what it was. Is I, I want to be somebody who represents someone who doesn't come from privilege. And you love Arkansas. I love Arkansas. I love the South. I love anyone that has to go out without a safety net and bust their butt. Like, that's that's who I relate to, and that's who, I, you know, on the radio show or in real life I like to stand up for. All right, we're going to get you on regularly. I want to set that up, but you've got to run back to your show now. I do, I do. And by the way, North Carolina, you're, they're probably going to win the tournament. They're like, the favorite right now, 4-1. to one. The Vegas odds just came out for everybody else. They're 4-1 to one to win the tournament right now. But last night I did feel like we got screwed. And you had him. You had him on the ropes. I hate being that guy, but we didn't make a free throw when we did. You also had uh, some awful offensive sets for three straight possessions. But we had awful offensive sets every set. Yeah, like that's all true. game long. If we didn't run down and shoot it, we suck. Mike Anderson standing on the sideline calling out plays was one of to me always a comedic. Like, what exactly is he saying? He's like, just go heart. Have yeah. lots of heart. Come on, score. Guys. Play yes. hard. But I I don't. I didn't see a lot of offensive ingenuity there. Collectively, the state's proud. Yep, and. You know, I think the SEC likes our showing in the NCAA. Uh, SEC with three in the Sweet 16, Pac-12 with three in the Sweet 16, and Big 12 with three in the Sweet 16. ACC with only one, and you guys had North Carolina on the rope. Almost not a single Sweet 16 team at all. So, you know, everybody says that we suck. I mean, we could be like Rutgers and tweet out, hey, look at us now. You see the Rutgers tweet? <laughs> no. They I tweeted didn't. out, you tell our our converts are so bad, and Rutgers is miserable. Like, yes. Twitter was not nice to Rutgers after that tweet. Oh, that's fantastic. But thank you for having me on. I love I love OutKick, and I'm a big, big Clay fan. Well, I appreciate it. Same here. Uh, go check out at Mr. Bobby Bones. You can listen to his show hey, as well. And he's going to run back to his studio now. Yeah, i got to go see Jason Aldean or something. Oh, that doesn't suck. <laughs> uh, I am Clay Travis. You are listening to OutKick the Coverage. And let me go ahead and tell you about my friends at True Car. This show brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. This is a very confident show. I'm a very confident guy. We're going to have a hell of a segment here coming up next. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but I'm sure it's going to be good. Here on Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. All right, the NCAA tournament is set, but when you find out that a guy gets attacked by a crocodile because he's trying to impress a chick, you got to open up the phone lines and say, what is the dumbest thing you have ever done to impress a girl? 877-996-6369. I want the dumbest things you have ever done. We have got an incredible Australian report. Again, I'm telling you guys all the time, don't get hit by trains. What do I say? Don't get hit by a train. I don't do ads telling you not to get eaten by a crocodile, but this 18-year-old Australian kid, he met this girl in a bar. 
He's been drinking. I'm guessing the drinking age is legal at 18 in in Australia. I want to know what he was thinking when he decided, I'm going to impress this girl by swimming across a crocodile-infested river. The moment he jumps into the river, he gets attacked by a crocodile. (laughs) And we've got a report, but the story is, and this is like just maybe the most cruel thing I've ever heard, the girl, and she's a hot chick. I tweeted out her link, uh, the link to her. She said, he's too young for me. Being attacked by animals doesn't really do it for me. <laughs> what if being attacked by animals did really do it for? What animal would you be willing to be attacked by if the girl were hot enough? The guy tries to impress the girl. I want to know the dumbest thing that you guys in the OutKick audience have done to impress a girl. I'm opening up the phone lines. I'm going to play you this story about the guy who got attacked by a crocodile trying to impress a hot chick. What is the dumbest thing you have ever done? I feel like in the OutKick Army out there, there are going to be some incredible stories. Again, 877-996-6369, dumbest thing you have done. But for now, let's find out what's trending. When you get attacked by a crocodile, and we find the local news report featuring interviews, and you're trying to impress a girl, we're going to play it for you. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. The dumbest thing you've ever done to impress a girl. I bet it hasn't led to you getting attacked by a crocodile. But that did happen here. First, though, I want to tell you, I'm trying to save lives here. It's what I do with the show. And if you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right, it will. About a mile after it hits you, stop. Trains can't. Don't get eaten by crocodiles. Don't get killed by trains. Uh, You can also tweet me with your stories. If you can do it in 140 characters or less, I'm at Clay Travis. And, again, the phone number, 877-996-6369. I haven't heard this, but there's this is the local news report about the kid who got attacked by the crocodile trying to impress the girl in Australia. Let's play it. Good evening. It's incredible he lived to tell the tale, but a teenager who nearly had his arm ripped off by a crocodile says he'd jump in the water all over again. In a Nine News exclusive interview, Lee DePau says he risked his life for love. What were you thinking that first moment when the crocodile latched on? I was thinking, I'm gone. I'm gone for sure. He took on a croc and somehow survived, but only barely. Now the whole country wants to know why. I started telling them about how backpackers are more likely to get eaten by a crocodile than Australians. So we decided to go down to the river and test the theory. This was no joke. 18-year-old Lee DePau, full of Aussie bravado and bragging to a girl he'd just met, deliberately plunged into crocodile-infested waters. How many drinks had you had by that point? Uh, about 10 cups of goon. I just carried him walking with him so that he wasn't on his own, and that was when he kind of said, I'm going to do this, and, and I just was in complete and utter disbelief. The British tourist he'd been trying to impress could only watch on in horror as the croc attacked, snapping onto his arm started shaking its head and carrying on. 
Lee jumped into the Johnston River in the early hours of Sunday morning. From the moment he hit the water, the crocodile hit him. Grabbing his arm, dragging him down, he punched it in the snout, but it dragged him six metres and was about to perform the death roll. A split-second desperate decision to gouge its eye saved his life. The croc released. Swam back to the stairs with one floppy arm and pulled myself out. Lee was covered in blood, most of it still stains him. But incredibly, frustratingly, he has no regrets. Do you understand that most of the country thinks that you're one of the stupidest people around right now? Yeah, I do. What's your response to that? I'm not really. I'm just, I don't know, trying to prove a point. I've never heard a guy scream like that. You know, he was obviously terrified and he was obviously in agony and, you know, it was just sheer panic. Initially, it was thought Lee might lose his arm entirely, but surgeons appear to have saved it. Both the um, bones in my left arm are broken. They're poking out of the skin. Two gouge marks on the top and the bottom. Local fishermen say the croc is well known in the area. He often swims around these boats and is about three metres in size. Lee says he doesn't want to see the crocodile that attacked him killed, but rangers have set up a trap to catch and remove it. Now it's being trapped. I won't want that crocodile harmed, and I want it released back into the world, and I want it to have a happy life. Despite being a North Queensland local and growing up knowing the dangers of crocs in waterways, the young man denies he's done anything wrong. Haters gonna hate. As for the girl he risked his life for, Lee says it paid off. He's convinced her to go on a movie date. She's beautiful, caring and kind. Zara James, Nine News. Uh, maybe the greatest local news story ever done. You can't make it up. You get attacked by a crocodile and your response is haters going <laughs> to <"Haters gonna> hate? <laughs> Tell me that that, that is that... Is that not the greatest <laughs> local news story ever done? I, the accents make it so much better than it even would have been otherwise. But all of those answers, I, if we don't have 100 share, if we don't have 100, I don't even know. if I, I, I want to do, I wish we were starting the show over all over again right now because I would do all three hours on this guy's decision to go, <laughs> to go jump into the creek and get attacked by a crocodile. I bet our show would sound so much better if you had 10 cups of goon. I need to do it drunk, and I would do three hours on this decision. Open phone lines right now. We're going to finish the show with the dumbest things you've done to impress a girl. You just heard this dude, haters going to hate, he said, after he jumped into a river and was attacked by a crocodile. What is the dumbest thing you have ever done to impress a girl? Robert in San Bernardino, what's up? Clay, true story. Trying to impress this girl who's got a kid. She's like, oh, we got to do a spelling word. Basically, you read the word out and the kid spells it. He's been doing it all week. It's like Thursday. This was recent, too. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, clown. He gets it. Blown. He gets it. And then I get to flown. And he's like, what? And I was like, flown. Come on, bud. Sound it out. Flown. And he's just looking at me. He's like, flown? I'm all, flown. You've been doing it all week. Come on, flown. The mom's like walking around. She walks over and she goes, what? I'm like, yeah, flown. And she looks at the paper. She goes, do you mean flown? And on cue, he goes, F-L-O-W-N. Yeah, that's not good. That's more about your being dumb than it is an error.
877-996-6369. Jay in Savannah. Jay, what's up? Hey, uh, this isn't no alligator, but I was with these two girls. I was a little younger. We were smoking a little bit of stuff and seen a beware of dogs. They told me they had Doberman in the yard, so I jumped the chain link fence. I said, I'm going to go up to the Doberman, let it get close, and then I'm going to get away. Well, I'll get over the fence, the backyard, hear this dog coming at me, so I don't even wait. I go to jump the fence, and I have the chain link fence with, like, the V on the top. Got my hand caught on the fence, ripped it wide open. Had to go get, like, 14 stitches, and there wasn't no dang Doberman. There was a freaking poodle. So I feel really stupid after that, especially sitting in the hospital. So, Jay, you are thinking to yourself, you know what's going to really impress this girl is I'm going to go like this dangerous dog. Like you thought there were two girls there that you were trying to impress. You thought if you showed that you were not afraid of the dog that they they, they would be impressed by you, like be willing to sleep with you or something? Well, I probably won't want to sleep with me anyway. I don't care. But, no, a lot of guys, it was just some kind of urban legend. There was this big dog there because I don't think anybody's ever seen it. Time was right there. So I'm like, hey, I'm a, it's a big dog. I'm going to go in there, and I don't care. But, I don't know. The other dog must have been inside the house because it was a little freaking So instead, you, you, you were running from the poodle, and you had to get 14 stitches in your hand. Were the girls there to see you get caught on the chain oh, link fence? Oh, Yes, they were. They're the ones that ran across the railroad track to go get. Oh God, there's railroads involved too. You're lucky you weren't hit by a train. Oh no, there were no trains on the track. <laughs> you yeah, looked because so. trains won't <laughs> stop. We know that, right? Well, we do know that. Yeah, I had some urban legend stories about kids getting hit by train up there on the track too. But yeah, so they did. Day. They have to drive you bloody to the air to the hospital. Yeah, my mother did. Yeah, I mean, I had a rap sheet at the hospital. I think it was like the 14th time I had to go get stitches, but. Yeah, are you really. married? Are you married now, Jay? Oh yeah, I'm married now. Excellent, yeah. appreciate it. Yes, yes, sir. All right, hey, have a good day. <laughs> All right, I'll see. You. Text message rolling in from my guy Neil. Haters gonna hate. Gators gonna eat. With an Aussie accent. Haters gonna. I'm telling you, that is the best local news story I've ever heard. Robert in Virginia. Robert, what's up? What'd you do? Hey, good morning, Clay. Long time listener, uh, first time caller. Uh, well. It goes back to the 80s. We were hanging out at the Frontier drinking some coffee, and uh, we used to do a little of that uh, LSD stuff. Did a little bit of that. Kind of thought I was Sid Vicious from the Sex Pistols, trying to impress this girl that looked like Nancy. So I got myself duct taped all the way up, strapped to the front of a VW uh, Beetle, and drove up and down the freeway for about an hour before I got pulled over. It was uh, life-changing. I ended up getting the girl. We hung out. Neither of us died like in the movie, but uh, that's my story. How fast was the car going when you were duct-taped to it? Uh, I think we got up to 80 miles an hour, something like that. So you're on the front hood of a car duct-taped to it, and a guy's driving you? Was it the girl driving, or who was driving? Oh, my boys were driving. I was kind of like a deer tied to the front of the hood. (laughs) That's an unbelievable story. And you got the girl for doing that? I sure did. I sure did. Wow. (laughs) Great call. Great call. Sometimes it pans. Haters going to hate. Do we have that audio pull? Do we have the audio pull of the Aussie guy? Do we, do we need to play that whole thing all over? I'm blown away by how good that local news story is. So I've found that both of them went on an Australian radio show last week together at the same time for like four and a half minutes. Do we have that audio? Yeah, that's all right. We're we're working on that. All right, we're going to play that when we come back. Haters going to hate. Guy gets attacked by a crocodile. 
Show's going off the rails. You get attacked by a crocodile trying to place a chick, trying to impress a chick. We're not talking about the NCAA tournament. We're talking about that. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. I want to hear it again. The Aussie. Unbelievable open. Hey, it's going to hate. <laughs> I just... How is your response when you get attacked by a crocodile after trying to impress a girl? Haters going to hate in an Australian... I mean, it's lit- you could not script a better story from Australia. Haters going to hate. He sounds high, and he may be because he's doing it from a hospital bed. A hater's going to hate in a Crocodile Dundee accent. You're going to make me crash on my commute. Twitter has exploded. How many drinks this- did you have by that point? Uh, about 10 cups of goon. <laughs> That's my dr- favorite line. I don't even know what is goon. Goon is apparently the most famous drink in Australia. It's basically boxed wine. That's the most famous drink in Australia? Yes. According to Delishably.com. We need to get just a bunch of Aussies on to break down this story. I feel like we need a panel of Australians because I, I I've reached I, out to somebody to try and get this kid on the show. Oh, I've done I mean, it. I've done it in the last two commercial breaks. I've found a couple of sources that might lead us in the right direction. Whatever we have to do to get the kid who was attacked by the crocodile on the show, we got to do. I'll do. I'll break out all the stops. I thought Trump was a big get. I want to get Trump on the show, but the guy who gets attacked by the crocodile, we got to get him on. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Haters gonna hate indeed. Drive the new Duralast GT. <laughs> Drive the new Duralast GT brake pads, proven tough from the tracks to the streets, and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. So evidently, this guy and this girl were both on a radio show together. I haven't heard this either, but we have the audio of it, and here they are. Well, you know what, Lee? Unfortunately, he's still waiting to get his stitches put in because there's a bit of bacteria in the Croc's teeth. But, mm. um, Soph, yeah. we've actually got Lee on the line. You there, Lee? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, oh so God, we, we've done a bit of, hard, bit of the hard work for you, mate, and tracked Soph down um, to put you guys together again. If you, She's on the line if you want to chat with her, mate. Yeah, all right. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Soph. How are you? Yeah, you sound, uh, sound a bit healthier today. <laughs> yeah, I am. Thank you. Good, good. Soph, did you, um, when it was all happening, Soph, I mean, were you just screaming as well? What was what was happening when the, when the, when the moment happened? Um, just as you can imagine, it was a bit of a scene from like a horror story, really. Mm. Yeah, I oh, know. Lee, um, are, you in a, are you in a position for Soph to come and visit, mate? Are you feeling well enough? Yeah, I'm feeling well enough. Mm. What do you think, Soph? Would you, would, you, would you jump into the river again, Lee? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Right, you didn't. I've yeah. been in that river before, you know. Yeah. And I didn't expect it to happen. Oh, this is awesome. So, how long are you in Australia for? Um, I don't know. Well, just no idea. Okay. Well, it sounds like at one open end there because Lee. Yeah. I mean, God, how long are you expected to be in hospital for? Me, um, I've got the week in here. I think. Yeah, right. Well, after that, we've got a couple of tickets to Gold Class if you guys wanted to go and see a movie or something together. I don't know. Sophie, would that be good? (laughs) That would be lovely. Oh, that would be great. Could maybe go see Crocodile Dundee. (laughs) (laughs) Lake Placid, something like that. (laughs) Wolf Wolf Creek or something, guys. Mm. No, Blackwater. 
I mean, you, you haven't spoken to Soph since the incident. Is there anything you do want to say to her now? Did you want to apologise or not? You're just a bit silly? Or? I have said sorry. Yeah. It has, yeah. I said sorry she had to witness it. But yeah. yeah, okay. Well, well hang guys. in there, guys. We'll keep in touch. I had a really bad game from this guy. I understand now why he had to jump into a river and get eaten by a crocodile to impress this chick. I, you got her on the phone with you there, and, and all he can get is a movie date? And now maybe I'm being a hater. Again, we're trying to track him down. We're trying to get this guy on. If you're just tuning in, by the way, you got to go download the podcast. Guy got attacked by a crocodile trying to impress a girl. Haters going to hate. <laughs> haters going to hate indeed. Uh, let's go to Jordan in Dallas. Jordan, what's up? What did you do to try to impress a girl? John Clay, thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, back when I was uh, early on in the Marine Corps, uh, there was a girl I met down in Virginia Beach. It was about 45 minutes high. And she was a preacher's daughter, a really good girl. Probably, uh, probably should have been the girl I dated, but uh, he invited me to Bible studies. Now, I grew up somewhat religious, but I knew nothing, especially after being corrupted by the Marine Corps. So I started doing late-night cram sessions with some of the guys, drinking beer, trying to study some Bible verses. And uh, showed up to the Bible study that her dad was teaching, and uh, definitely everybody knew that I was there and had no idea what I was talking about. And uh, the girl never talked to me again after that. <laughs> How did I mean? What did you have to talk about? Don't you just stay quiet at the Bible study if you don't if you're a heathen? Yeah, I did. I tried to stay quiet. Tried to stay uh, in the corner, keep to myself, and. Uh, I think her dad there, uh, knowing that I was after the daughter, started asking too many questions, and I was found out for who I was, and uh, my buddies ripped on me for a long time. Wait, he was just, like, peppering you with Bible questions? Yeah, we were doing Bible studies, and then uh, he was like, okay, Jordan, what was, you know, some of the verses that you found that you wanted to share with us? (laughs) And I'm like, uh, John 3.16, that's one, right? (laughs) Go to, yeah. Oh, getting asked for your favorite Bible verse uh, by a minister, uh, by a minister oof, that's a tough one. You have to do the research in advance. If you can make yourself cry while reading your favorite Bible verse, probably going to go to hell, but at least you would have been prepared. Hater's going to hate, though. Hater's going to hate. Got to do what you got to do. Don't get hit by a train. Don't get attacked by a crocodile. And remember, no matter what happens today, this is what it's going to sound like. Hater's <laughs> yes. going to hate. Oh, oh, oh. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. 
This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 